Uncluttered and Unfiltered is brought to you in part by our latest obsession, Pain Cakes. Pain Cakes are the revolutionary cold pack that stick to you so you can stick to your routine. Whether you're pounding the pavement as a runner like me or you're tackling the clutter as a professional organizer like Christine, Pain Cakes has got you covered. Pain Cakes comes in three sizes and can be used again and again. We both keep them in our freezers. And when we feel an ache or a pain, you just stick them on your body. You can do it a hundred times. It's all the benefits of using a cold pack, but no downtime. Find pancakes at pain-cakes.com or at thousands of retailers nationwide. Welcome to Uncluttered and Unfiltered, the podcast urging you to let it go and don't look back with nationally acclaimed professional organizer, Christine Stone, and self-proclaimed hot damn mess radio and TV personality, Eden Kindle. Welcome and happy new year. It's uncluttered and unfiltered the podcast for women over 50. I'm Eden Kendall along with Christine Stone and this is it. Our first podcast of, listen to this, 2024. Wow. I feel like we just started yesterday and we're already into a new year. I know, I know. And we just, we had a throwback episode last week to hear the episode that kicked it all off. And so that was, that was, you know, I don't want to, you don't want to go back and critique anything, right. but we've come a long way, baby. We that, have come a long way. That was a slogan from like back in the seventies. I don't even remember what the product Cigarettes. was. It was. Oh yeah. Oh, was it Virginia Slims? Yeah, Virginia Slims. We've come a, a we've long come way, a long, baby. baby. So which, which um, I want to talk about some nostalgia here in just a moment, but today's episode is one that we're doing by request. I had to twist your arm just a little bit <laughs> to get you to go along with it, but it was asked to us on our ladies only Facebook page. If you would talk about how you became a professional organizer. And so I said, you know what? I'll interview you because my, my, um, skill set is more about interviewing someone in the first place. So I would love to interview you. I'm going deep. We're going to start from the beginning and work our way out. We're going to make you cry. Oh my gosh. What is this? An (laughs) Oprah episode? We're going to try our best. (laughs) I, but, um, regarding Virginia Slims and nostalgia, I came across a, uh, a feed where people were talking about things they remember from the grocery store when they were kids. And these people were women our age. Yes. So things that you would remember from when you were growing up and going to the grocery store. One of them, I don't personally remember. I'm, I'm wanting to think it was a few years prior to when I was actually going to the grocery store, but people smoking in the store, people smoking in the banks, people smoking everywhere you go. And I know that that happens, yes. but I don't know if I remember it being in the store. I don't remember it in a grocery store, but I remember it everywhere else. I mean, everywhere. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Another one was um, S&H green stamps. My mom collected those green stamps and I remember getting to go pick things out of yep. the catalog. So that was something from, did, did you yes. collect them? I collected them and I had two brothers. So we used to fight over them because everyone was trying to get all their booklets to buy what they wanted to buy. So yes, S and H. Yes. The booklets. And my grandmother sometimes would bring hers to the house and we could actually do the licking of the stamps and placing them yep. in the books. So that was fun. Then uh, someone else on the thread mentioned the big cans of juice that you had to use the can opener oh, yeah. to open buying those. This one I loved because you and I both brought this up and that was when you went to the grocery store, there were people you knew there 
Everybody had something to say. There were conversations going on at every counter. And you said you used to dislike it because you'd say, do we have to go to the store? Your mom would say just for a minute and it would turn into 30 minutes, an hour. Oh, yeah. Every time. That's all I remember about going to the grocery store was my mom would say, I just have to get one thing. And then 20 minutes in, she'd be talking to the guy at the meat market or at the deli. I mean, it just was always over an hour. Much more social than it can yes. be now. The magazine aisle, somebody mentioned that one, saying it was huge. Uh, and if you were really good, maybe you'd get a magazine or a comic or a crossword yes. or a word search or Mad Magazine or something like that. You know, magazines are a thing of the past now. You which, don't really see them. No. Yeah. So anyway, we would love to hear what it is that you remember from grocery shopping when you were a kiddo and what, you know, what you like better now, what you miss about those days. And on that note, now that we've got you thinking about your childhood, let's go back to little bitty Christine. Oh my gosh. We talked to your mom a while back and she did tell us that you were always neat, clean and organized. Yes. So it's not shocking to hear that given that you are such an organized person as an adult, but- What do you think it was that made you that way? Was it because you had brothers and maybe they were not so organized? Or do you think you just came out of the womb wanting to tidy up? Um, I really don't know the answer to that question other than I liked when things were in order. I really like whether it was school or after school activities. I liked being able to find what I needed when I needed it and complete the tasks that I had to do. So I always had that in my mind. Um, My brothers, I mean, my one brother was more slobby, but my other brother was pretty organized as well. Um, So I think it was just the way I grew up, I mean, my house was very organized that I grew up in. So I really didn't, I think when your parents are also organized, not so much my mom, sorry, mom, but my dad was very organized and, and you just kind of go with what your parents have you and you see the benefits of it. If I wouldn't have seen benefits from it, I probably would have gone the other way as I became an adult on my own. But I really saw the benefits of being organized. Did you did you have any uh, friends that weren't so organized and you'd go over and clean their rooms or straighten their closets? Did that ever happen? I had friends that when I would go to their houses, I would think, how does she live in a room like this? Like it was more like that. I never would go and just go in and, and rearrange yourself. their yeah. stuff. But I would think in my mind, how does someone live in that environment and be productive? Mm-hmm. So yes, I always did think that whether I was in middle school, high school, college, no matter what phase of my life, I always would say I could make it look better. Okay. So your locker. Yes. Let's say high school locker. Yes. Organized. Very. All right. PE locker organized. Yes. And I didn't like PE. So, you know, what's funny. I did not either. And now I, I mean, I, I, I would fake an injury or say I have my period or right, whatever to right. get out of it. Yeah. And now I'm devastated if I have even a real injury where I can't right. get out and move, but it, yeah, I, I didn't quite understand why anybody would want to sweat during the middle of the yeah, day. On and a school day. I totally agree with you. So 
Now we're okay. Now we're in college, and that's where you're starting to have roommate situations. And we are going to in another uh, episode. We're going to talk about sharing space with other people, yeah. whether that be in your own mind or in actual physical space. But you did have to share space, and I'm guessing with strangers at first. Or did you have friends that you were able to room with um, in college? Well, okay. So the sorority house, ah. um, freshman year, I actually had my own room and it just happened that way that they didn't have any other situations left. So I actually had my own place um, in the dorm freshman year. Sophomore year, I lived in the sorority house. And I have to tell you, when you live in a sorority house, those rooms are tiny. Sure. And when the other person is not organized mm-hmm. in any way and they're coming in at two or three in the morning or whatever the situation is, that's when I really realized I enjoyed living alone and, and creating the space to be the way I wanted it, not the way somebody else can live in it. So, so yeah. fast forward. And some of this is, is, not new information because we've talked about it in other episodes and some of it is something we're going to set aside and go deeper into in future episodes. But from from what point leaving college to your career as a flight attendant, when how far away was that? Was that pretty immediate? Oh, immediate. Okay. So yeah. you so then you went took to the airways. Yes. And now you're living out of a suitcase. So pretty much. All the time. All the time. So now this is where being organized really can help. Absolutely. Not just with your clothing and your suitcase. You had schedules. And if you missed those schedules, you were missing a flight. So you had to be extremely organized in your calendar because, I mean, that was your job. And you couldn't just say, oops, I forgot to write it down. Or, oops, I didn't make it at 1250 and the flight was leaving at you know, one, you had to be very organized to be a flight attendant. So you did that for, for many years. Yes. Now we're to the point where you left when you started having a family. No, I left and moved back to Miami Uh and I worked in retail for a while. And, um, another area I felt like you have to be very organized as well, because I did a lot of the ordering, Um, seeing what we still needed. And I feel like being organized helped me in every part of my life. Every part of it. It certainly sounds that way. It certainly sounds that way. Okay. So now, now we're getting to family time. Yes. And we could talk forever about all of the reasons why as a, as a wife and a mother and raising kids and, and all of those things, why you'd want to be organized and how that would be helpful and how you could be more productive. But at some point it became obvious that you could do this for a living. Yes. And when was that? Uncluttered and Unfiltered is brought to you in part by Hearts for Minds. Hearts for Minds is encouraging you to use your sidewalk to motivate others for Mental Health Awareness Month. Help break down the stigma of mental illness, spark conversation, and maybe just make somebody's day a little sweeter. It's easy. Grab some chalk and write inspirational messages and pictures on your sidewalk. Snap a photo and share it online by tagging Hearts for Minds on Instagram. And use the hashtag Chalk It Up for Life. That's Chalk It Up, the number four, and life. Let's chalk it up for mental health. Visit Hearts for Minds, that's Hearts, the number four, and Minds.org to learn more. Well, I was a stay-at-home mom, and so I really 
was just enjoying being a stay-at-home mom. My youngest was in fifth grade. So I was still doing the carpool and all, you know, all Mm -hmm. that. And um, I had a friend who said, oh, we have like 30 minutes or 45 minutes to kill. And why don't we go across the street to my house and wait? Or maybe it was like an hour. And then we'll come back. And I said, okay. So we're sitting at her kitchen table. And here comes what you said when you go into somebody's house. She had a long countertop in her kitchen, but it was stacked full of papers and magazines <laughs> and backpacks and old lunch boxes. I mean, you couldn't even see above the stack. It was so high. And we're just sitting there and I'm sitting at the kitchen table and I said, do you want help with that? Well, we're just waiting. She goes with what? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's true. You stop seeing it. Right. And I said with that over there, because I think once we clear this off, you're really going to love it because it it would be a great serving area in the kitchen. And see, that's how my brain works. What is happening over there that you're not being able to utilize it for something that you really should be utilizing it for? So she said, why would you want to do that? And I said, because I really think you're going to really love this space. We have nothing else to do. It'll take 30 minutes at the most. So she said, well, how would we do that? I said, get a garbage can. That's the first thing I said. I said, do you have areas that, you know, for filing? Because way back in the day, you had to file things. You didn't have like the computer. And she said, well, I said, we'll make a stack and we'll have a stack for you to file. And then we'll have a stack that goes to donate. I mean, it took no time at all. And we got to the last stack and I took the stack to put it on the kitchen table and there was a bar sink. And I said, oh my gosh, I didn't know you had a bar sink. And she goes, (laughs) I totally forgot I had a bar sink. Oh, wow. So we finished, we had our piles, we got rid of a lot of stuff. We were done before we had to go pick up carpool. And on the way out, she said, you know, you should do this as a job. And I said to her, do what? And she said, whatever you just did in there, I think that there's a need for a job in that. And you have to remember, this was a long time ago. This was before Instagram. Yeah, this there was no social media. Mm -hmm. So I kind of ignored it. And I was like, okay. So then she referred me to a friend of hers who had an art studio and I said, okay. So I went over there and we reorganized her whole entire art studio, got rid of things. And she said, as I'm walking out the door, the same thing, you know, you're really good at this. You should do this as a job. And I said, huh, I think the universe is saying something here that she said the exact same thing. So we only had like very basic internet searching, but I found NAPO, which at the time was the National Association of Professional Organizers. And I just researched everything I needed to know about being a legitimate professional organizer with a business. And that's how it all started. I started doing it very part-time. And then now here we are all these years later. It's hard to wrap your brain around a career that there isn't a lot of buzz about 
at an early stage. Now there's a we, million. we have a way to see it in action. Yeah. We can see the videos. We see TikToks and reels. Yep. And we, you hear this podcast and you, there are TV shows on TV right. shows on TV right. shows on HGTV, et cetera. But there was a time when that was really not the case. And the first time I ever experienced the help of a professional organizer was with you. <laughs> and it was for a news story I was, I was doing. And you came over to do my closet just so we could record a piece about it, not knowing what to expect. And the, I have to say, it's, it's, it's almost a, a shock to see how someone's brain can function so differently than yep. your own. So if you're like me, you see all the colors, you see all the, you see it, but you don't see it the right. way you see it. So, right. so you came over and we've talked about this before. You're like, take your door off, change your hangers. Let's go by color. Let's go by genre. Let's yep. use this space for hooks. Let's do this. And it's just, a, it, and it's more than just a list in your brain that are, here are some tips to organize your space. Like you'd see in a magazine, like you see it. Yes. You actually envision it. You see it done. You see it completed. Yes, in your mind. I do. And when you walk into a place. So there is that innate talent, that gift that, that, and it's, it's nice to see when someone has an opportunity to use their gifts, not just to help others, because you actually volunteer and do this for the homeless shelter. Yes. You've done this for people. Yes. It's not all about getting paid. Obviously it started out with you wanting to help right. a friend. Right. Well, and you know, what really made me gravitate towards this profession, how happy people were when I left. And it really made me think, huh, Maybe I do have a gift because when I leave, people are so happy and thankful and right, you know, would write me emails. You don't know how life changing this was. And so that's really what got me on the path was when you have something that can help other people that they're naturally not good at. That doesn't mean they're not like I'm terrible at math, so I wouldn't be a CPA. I'd hire a CPA. So I just think everyone has their gift, but they just have to figure out what it is. The, the, residual effect that that feeling of you're happier after after you're gone you've had people who feel like too overwhelmed you're like let's just do this tiny area because you'll get to experience how it feels see if you feel like i'm being invasive which i don't think people ever feel like that after they've no. experienced it but they do it at first there is that feeling of you're coming into my space right. they don't want you to see it so they feel that and then they have you come back again and again and again for more and more and more but um what I find myself doing is I now talk to my stuff, not the Marie Kondo way yeah. where I say, thank you purse for right. carrying my, my Jones. stuff today, <laughs> which truly is in her book. I yeah. read this book yeah. a long time ago, but I say to my iPad, where do you live? <laughs> I'm right. always asking my batteries. Right. Oh, where do you go get? Oh, there's a battery container right. in the laundry room. Where do you go candle? Oh, with the other candles. Right. And if you find yourself looking into it with that mindset and I am, not anywhere close to being organized, but I'm way closer than I was three, four years ago. So I think that there's a mindset that you can certainly enable and switch on, but it's quite another to be like born with a vision. Well, and also so I think- clairvoyancy. Well, I think people minimize the um, emotional part of being a professional organizer because you are not only dealing with people's things, you're dealing with their memories. And- you have to have the type of personality that can really relate. You have to be relatable because you can't just go in and say, get rid of it. 
get rid of it, get rid. It doesn't work that way. You have to really get to know the person. They have to feel comfortable with you and you have to make a connection. It's kind of like interviewing a therapist. You have to make a connection in order to be able to feel comfortable one-on-one working with a professional organizer. And I've been just very lucky and blessed that the people I do work with, we do connect. I've, I have many repeat clients. I mean, I can't tell you how many repeat clients I have just because people want a little, you know, zhuzhing up as I call Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. through, you know, maybe once a year. So I think you, you have to be relatable if you want to be in this profession. You can't just be the person that says we're getting rid of everything. You'll like it when it's done. You know, trust me. They, how do they trust you? They don't even know you. Sure. And, and you, don't know them other than what they share with you and what they choose to share with you. And right. I've also seen you in action, a young lady we know whose mom passed away. Yes. And that was a heartbreaking thing because we're talking about this girl is in her early twenties at right. the time. And you and I went to her home and well, we did her bathroom that day. And that's obviously not as emotional. Because no. We were just trying to, I say we, I was holding a camera. That was my part. Right. <laughs> I was holding a camera and a microphone. You were um, trying to get her to get rid of all the duplicates of all of the makeup. And that's uh, an episode for another day. But but you were talking about how you were planning to go back. And I know you you eventually did to do boxes and things that she she brought back from when her mom passed. Right. And so now we're talking about the heavy stuff. Yes. And that's not your pantry. That's not your bathroom. That is your memories, your sentimental clutter, as we've called it before. And you have to preserve some of it in a special way and let some of it go. Yes. And you have to make the time for it. You cannot be in a rush. You have to really be able to sit with the person and, let them express their feelings, but not go on for days on end over one piece. And the way you do that is by being, um, you know, having compassion for what they're going through. I mean, I've had people who have spouses die suddenly, like it, it when they were like in their fifties, something unexpected. You can't just go get rid of all his stuff. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. You have to be able to have empathy for a situation. And that's where I think a lot of people think it's an easy, easy job. But I can tell you, there have been many situations where, you know, I've sat and cried with them. I mean, I had a mother whose son died and I mean, there's nothing more tragic than when you lose a child. And so, you know, I I just think they can read on your, if you're compassionate or if you're just trying to make a buck. Have you ever had to tell anybody to slow their role? Like maybe they just wanted to get rid of all of the memories and you've had to say, well, let's hold on to a few things now. I know you're, yes, you want to shoo it out the door. Yep. I have done that quite a few times. Everyone thinks an organizer just wants to come in and get rid of it, everything. I can tell you, they'll ask my opinion and, you know, I'll say, I'd let that go. I'd let, and then they'll hold something else up and I'll say, no, I would keep that. Or let's put all those in a box and we'll create something like letters your husband gave you when you were dating or letters your kids wrote you throughout the years. I mean, 
I don't throw everything away. I throw away what I feel like is causing them clutter in their home, not being able to utilize a space and enjoy their home. That's how I, you know, decipher what I think should stay and what should go. If anything, getting rid of the clutter allows you to treasure what you have. You have. Yes. It's it's like flowers in a field. You have to get those weeds out of the way or right. you don't see the flowers. Right. And, and so that's what you have made your role for the, those families. What advice would you give to somebody who is considering doing this for a profession? What are the certifications? I, what are the, what are the classes maybe? That, well, what, the first thing do? I would do is do it for free. Do it for your friends and your family and really see if this is something you want to do. Because I know a lot of people start it and then they quit it because it's not glamorous. It's not like a TV show. When you're dealing with real people's homes, it's definitely hard work physically and hard work emotionally. So in other words, you're not just shooting Instagram reels. You're crisscross applesauce on the floor of someone's bathroom, touching bottles of oozing toothpaste. And And bugs. I mean, you're not going to reorganize until you wipe out a cabinet or wipe out a spot. So, yes, there are dead bugs. There's dust, tons of dust. Um, You know, it's not garages. I mean, bugs, you know, dirt. So people only see the pretty stuff on the Internet and on Instagram and TikTok and it's a lot of work. You don't see them shopping for products. That takes up a lot of, you know, time when you're not at a client's house designing the space. How is it going to look? So really getting getting what you need to do to make yourself also legitimate, not just seeing if it's something that you want to do. If you do want to do it, how can you be legitimate? No one wants someone coming into their house that doesn't have insurance, Mm -hmm. that doesn't have a website, um, that doesn't have social media nowadays. I didn't have that back then, but now social media is so important. Mm -hmm. And that's something I had to learn all on my own at a very later age in my life, actually. And so I think younger people have an advantage with that because now you do have social media and you can get your business out there. But if you're going into someone's house, you have to show that you're legitimate. I would like to say that if I were in a situation where I didn't already know you and I were looking for a Uh, an organizer, I would want to speak to some former clients. It wouldn't be enough to see the pictures on social media because anyone can stage things on social media. I'm not suggesting it is, is that the staging is not legitimately really someone's home, but you don't know the feelings. You don't know the, the, the systems that were in place. You don't know how hands-on the organizer was. Did they come in and say, you do this right. and they leave and come back and take a picture when you've done it. You right. kind of want to hear the entire, entire right. process so that, you know, going in, all right, I'm going to also be on the floor with Christine. I'm right. also going to be doing, you got to know what you're getting into right. with this. Well, and I offer a consultation just to make sure we're a good fit, just to make sure I know what time frame we're looking at, how long will this project take? And that way I could give them a good time, you know, and also they can schedule it out. And really that is the important thing. If you're going to hire a professional organizer, you want to schedule the time that they're telling you to a lot, because if you try to rush the process, 
I have to tell you, you're not going to be happy with it in the end. You want to really start from beginning to end with the way the professional thinks it should be. And so that's also a conversation because a lot of people want everything done in an hour Mm -hmm. like it is on TV. And it just doesn't happen that way. And some people do work in teams. I have people that help for the heavy lifting, but I have found it always works best for me personally to work one-on-one with clients. They feel they can share more with me. They feel more comfortable with me. They're not as embarrassed or afraid to share any emotions. So that's how I have found it to work with me over the past 15 years. Everybody's different. Everybody has their own technique. I don't think I would want even a duo in there because I, I would be judging every look they shot each other. Right. I mean, I think I would be like, okay, open that cabinet. And then I'd quickly look at their races to see if they gave me the side eye to each other. But I, and I know they wouldn't because I'm sure that they wouldn't be there in the first place if they weren't used to that kind of thing. But in my mind, I'd be like, are they going to be talking about me on the car ride out of here? (laughs) But that's just my own insecurities. But I guess you're saying you see that as well. Um, do you, have you done any virtual, like when the pandemic came, did you do a lot of virtual or do you still do that? You know what? Much? I, I, during the pandemic, I have to tell you, I've never been so shocked in my entire life. I think people were sitting in their stuff. Normally they could escape it. And then COVID hit and they could not escape it. There was just no way around it. I was so busy. I can't tell oh, virtually, you. You're busy. I, no, I was busy in people's houses. Oh, they yeah? wanted everything out now. Oh, I mean, they were like, I can't believe I kept all this stuff all these years. And now I have to sit with it. And I have my kids living here and my husband's never at work. Any, I mean, it was very hard for people. And I had so much compassion for what people were going through because nobody ever thought that was going to happen. Nobody. And so when you're stuck with your adult children, moving home, kids, not being in school, your husband, not going to work and everybody's in this house all at once, it was imperative to help people create multifunctional spaces. And I did some virtual organizing, but I was so busy being in people's homes, helping them really basically all of it was purging, just getting rid of stuff. So it was, it's been busy ever since. I think people realize since COVID that you never living, know when you're going to be stuck well, at home. and you don't want to live with all this junk anymore. So many people are downsizing. Mm-hmm. So many people are changing their living situations. And I think they've realized that clutter is not peaceful. It does not create peaceful surroundings and you don't feel like entertaining when you have clutter in your home. You, you feel out of sorts and frustrated and anxious and depressed. It it just leads to so many things that people feel so happy when I leave because it's like bricks are being lifted off their shoulders. That's a great way to put it. So, you know, I feel as though we could talk at length even more about this, but here's great news. We have a podcast. (laughs) We can do this over the course of many, many weeks. And so one of the things that uh, Christine and I have been gauging is how much organizing versus how much lifestyle, how much of, of every part of being a woman in your fifties and beyond you want. So the best way for you to let us know what 
what parts of this podcast speak to you, what parts of it you could use some more of, some less of, is to join our Ladies Only group, and it's on Facebook. It's called Uncluttered and Unfiltered Ladies Only. We're also on all of the socials, all of them that we've ever heard of anyway at Mm -hmm. our advanced age. And then uh, the other thing we want to ask you to do, we've never asked this specifically, but we're going to go into the new year asking you, will you please share word of our podcast with one friend this week, just one friend who's never heard of us and let them know how they can listen or invite them into our Facebook group. Just one friend. Yes. If everybody listening did that. Well, if my math is right, we would double our numbers, but please. Like I said, I'm not good at math. I'm not good at math, but I think that's the way math works. Anyway, we love you so much. And we are so appreciative of every little bit of input you give us, especially in that ladies only group. Yes. So, um, happy new year, everyone. Happy new year. Now we know a little bit more about Christine and her background and for a living, she tells people you can let it go and don't look back. Hi, it's Eden. Christine and I absolutely love bringing you Uncluttered and Unfiltered the podcast for women over 50. For the first time, we're asking you for your help. A one-time or monthly donation from you will help us with production costs and help us grow this awesome community. Find a link to make a donation in our most recent show notes in our Uncluttered and Unfiltered Ladies Only Facebook group pinned to the top or on our Uncluttered and Unfiltered Facebook page. And in advance, thank you.